Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Ask Alika podcast. It's Beth Cornelia here and I'm here to tell you that things are a little bit different this week on the Ask Alika podcast. So instead of the usual suspects, myself and Zion, we've actually got a crossover episode with Startup West. So Startup West is the podcast that is a part of Startup News, which is an awesome online publication, which is basically an online hub that showcases all of the awesome stuff that's happening in the Perth startup scene. And that's also what Startup West is all about. So the two co-hosts are myself and Charlie Gunningham. And in this first episode, we had the great privilege of being able to talk to Brody McCulloch from uh, from Space Cubed and Matt McFarlane from Ua Capital. So we got to get their insight into the state of startup uh, in Perth and where they can see everything going and everything cool that's happening. So it was a really great chat with the guys. Now, Ask Alika and Alika, we're really proud to be a sponsor of Startup West because, of course, we love supporting innovative tech startups and, and more broadly, the startup scene in Perth. So, of course, being a new show, uh, we've got we've to ask if you can do all the good things, like, subscribe, review, support local, uh, because obviously it is a new, a brand new podcast. So any help in that area is very much appreciated. So we hope you enjoy our chat with the guys and we look forward to being back with you next week. So Matt and Brody, thanks for being here. I'd like to kick off where we left off back in September 2016 when we were last on a podcast together at Business News. We'll provide the link to that, right? We will, in the, in the show notes. Uh, what happened and what has happened in the last 18 months in the startup scene since we last spoke? Uh, there have been more deals, more money, more exits, um, Matt, you want to start with that one? Oh, sure, yeah. So, um, well, there's been a couple of rounds of the Plus 8 program, plenty of other accelerator activity going on. Some accelerators are no longer operating, others have popped up. And um, and the startup scene has continued to boom and go very well, I think. There have been a couple of exits, but nothing that uh, we can kind of write about. Uh, right. However, there's been some very big fundraisings by a number of different companies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's been a lot more people entering the the funding space. So, you know, the education of angels has grown dramatically. The Perth Angels are pretty active in, yeah. in educating people and investing in the space. And, uh, yeah, and we've, we've seen had ICOs, which I don't think 18 months ago we even knew what <laughs> it was, right? Crypto's arrived on the scene since right. we last spoke. You know, none of us mentioned Bitcoin in the last interview. And no. now it's all over the place. <laughs> power ledger. And Up all and that. down like a yo-yo. Yeah, power ledger. Amazing story in the last 18 months. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. plenty going on. Over to you, Brody. Brody. Yeah, so I... A similar sort of story. It's just been huge growth. And I guess from a grassroots community level, um, we've seen, you know, I think about 18 months ago and Flux had just been opened. Um, <clears throat> Core was just getting up and running. Whereas now we've had double both the size of our spaces. And that's most yeah. of that demand is coming from companies putting on one or two extra staff. So all you need is a company of four people to turn into eight people. Yeah. And you see some pretty big growth. I think Flux had just opened in June 2016 when we spoke. So now it's, what, three floors or five floors? Five floors now. Goodness Um, me. So we've got Core on the ground floor as a resources-focused innovation hub, um, which makes sense for the middle of Perth. Uh, We've got on level six an ag tech-focused space um, because we see that as a growing sector that we want to support. Uh, In the basement, we've got Solder, which is based around sort of 3D printing and really the maker sort of movement. Um, so we're seeing, you know, how can we focus on those sort of growth areas in the WA economy, but then more broadly support. Um, and it's all full? All five floors are already full? Uh, not full yet. So the doubling right. in December, it's, uh, it, right. it takes some bit of time. Your three floors got full and then you've That's right. increased to five. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. Cool. So we, we, we're seeing growth. Um, 
But I guess really it comes back to globally there's just massive growth in this space due to you know, a number of, of different factors. The changing na- nature of work is a yeah. big one. You know, anyone could just get their phone out and start working straight away. So people are really yeah. choosing where they want to work and when they want to work. Yeah. Uh, another big driver is large companies are really shifting. And have you got traditional startups in there, what I would call a tech startup, or have you got people sort of with a redundancy check from Rio, think, well, if I'm ever going to start my business up, it's going to be now. So, oh, there's Flux. I'll go and hire a hire a seat there. Are you getting more of those sort of corporate C-types as well? We are, but it's interesting. Things are starting to get busy again So in right. the mining industry. So we're starting to see more people entering that space again. And recruiters, we have a number of recruiters that work in our space, yeah. look really busy right now. So I'm um, still, you know, quite a lot of startups, but then still a lot of growth from across the board with smaller companies, engineering firms, all sorts using the space. Right. Awesome. So for people that potentially come across this podcast who aren't from Perth and uh, don't know the the stalwarts that you guys are in the Perth startup scene, uh, can you give us a little bit of background, uh, each of you, on how you got involved in in the local startup scene? Okay. Well, um, so I'll start again. So... uh, my name's Matt, and I'm a hi Matt. I'm a, I'm a VC, and we didn't and say hi and welcome. Actually, no, welcome really. to the That's podcast, Matt. It's nice to be here. Look. And Brody, also welcome. Welcome, Brody. Thank you. Yes. So I always say I'm a VC, and and VC is kind of a cool thing because it's a bit like being a president. Once you've been a VC once, even though you're not investing as a VC anymore, and it's been six years since I last invested as a VC, you still get to call yourself a VC forever and ever, like Mr. President. You know, um, but anyway, you're a rare breed in Perth. Yeah, VC, there's, right? yeah, there's yeah, there's very few quite... who look at the early stage space. There's VCs who look at like uh, private equity type deals and, and yeah. uh, you know, in the mining sector, et cetera, but not in technology or biotech, which is what we were investing in. Anyway, so you was, you was the, my venture capital fund that I co-founded with Lydia McCall and James Williams, and the three of us invested in 10 startups in the first five years, and um, we follow and invested into six of those startups, which are still alive and kicking, and four of them we've wound up or taken capital back from, and we're still actively seeking our first major exit, but the valuations of those companies have dramatically increased since we invested in them. So, you know, I'm very, very happy with the direction the fund is going in. It's technically meant to be a 10-year fund, but we'll be asking the government if we can get a bit of an extension on that so that we can manage our way out of those investments. how did you get into this? You're a chartered accountant by profession. You went over to Europe, came uh, back here 10 years ago. How did you wind up being 15 a, now? 15. <laughs> yeah, so How did you wind um, up being a VC in Perth. So my experience in Europe was in mergers and acquisitions. So that's right. a lot of negotiating equity stakes and understanding business development and those sorts of things and lots of valuation work. So I understood how to negotiate purchasing equity. Uh, and when I came back to Perth, my intention was kind of to semi-retire and I got into a software startup with a guy called Clay Cook and his uh, wife, Rachel, who run a, a local agency called Bonfire. Yep. And um, I learned all about the startup world and started a, a company there. And it was a complete um, disaster in the end. Right. <laughs> But what was great about it was I learned a lot. It was a, it was an investment in my future, and and the major investor who'd put most of the money into that startup um, ended up seeing my work ethic and thinking, okay, well, the, a couple of biotech people have pitched a VC to me, and they need an IT that guy. Was James and Liddy. James and Liddy, right. and th- th- he said, meet James and Liddy. So you guys work together. A, in your words, a failure. And yeah. he presumably would have lost his investment. He did lose in a lot of money. Minty, was it? At in the Minty, time? exactly. Parent, he parent advice you, site. Yeah. He backed you to do a fund. He did, yeah. Wow. 
I think he decided that I was a better investor than an entrepreneur. So <laughs> right. That's okay. I can take it's that. It's good. He saw what, what you were good at. Yeah. That's the main and, thing. And in a way, it was kind of an investment in my education. Like I, right. I learned a, from, from that failure, I learned a lot of things about startups, about um, good business models, understanding that you've got to get cash in the door fairly rapidly and early, that just adding another feature is not going to move mm. the dial dramatically, and all these things that are very, very important that I've been able to pass on since to, to right. the companies I invest in. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I moved back to Perth about eight years ago now from the US. Um, so came back to Perth and really sort of blank slate. What are you doing in the US? Working as marketing manager for a cruise line. So oh, it's wow. actually a pretty cool, really gig. cool gig. Yeah, right. I recommend it highly to everyone. Lots of like flying all over the way world. Way back, you're in the army. Yeah, yeah. You've had a very interesting Yeah, had, had done a number of different things. Yeah. And I think that's probably what everyone's in for now is you've got to do a number of different things, right. build up that experience, and then it sort of leads you to what you want to do. So, um, yeah. Uh, was in the Army Reserves, um, did, uh, was marketing manager for a machine vision company in Osborne Park, then went and worked overseas. Uh, moved back to Perth and it was peak of the mining boom right. and just saw a massive gap, you know, went along to a few of the meetups that were starting at the time and there was just a huge gap for how people starting up ideas, small businesses um, were being supported and saw that a central hub and had seen co-working spaces overseas could be a right. good way to consolidate and centralise a lot of that activity and build those connections between people. And that was need. Space Cube in 2016, no, right. 2012, sorry. 2012, you started that yeah. Off. yeah, yeah, so right. six years ago now, just over. Wow. And so that's really interesting, Brody, because there's, there's now, I think, over 20 co-working spaces in mm. and around Perth. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I actually was a part of one of them that was up <laughs> in Joondalup and it's I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> so, you know, as... <laughs> Failure, great thing. Um, but, but it's it's interesting. I for learning, it's all called for learning. Exactly, these days. exactly. And my question for you is, you know, what what do you think it is that makes certain ones succeed and, and others others not succeed? Why are you so good? Yeah, why are you so good? <laughs> Tell you us your work? secrets. I think it was partially timing at the time. Like we were just seeing that there's growth in this space, and you could see at the meetup groups they're just getting bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, I think over the last six years, it's definitely been a lot of hard work, lots of early mornings and later nights. For the first two years, people would often see me there opening for a morning, set, uh, you know, yes. morning startup, and then leaving at an event, you know, at ten yes. o'clock at night, sort of thing. So yes. um, now we've got an awesome sort of twenty-person team running the spaces, um, but really the focus has been on the members the whole time, and and they are tougher. You know, they're tough. All businesses are tough. Um, mm. Co-working spaces, because it is so new, um, are really tough businesses, but we see a lot of opportunities in our members and we set it up to support entrepreneurs, small yep. businesses, um, people, you know, and so now it's larger more than businesses. just opening a space and go, hey, you can hire that seat over there. Right. You're building community, right? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of meetup groups. There's lots of workshops. Um, we have, you know, happy hours. We've got a, an event tomorrow for members to come along to yep. and network. So there's lots of different things. And we really see ourselves as enabling anyone who wants to run something in that community. We support them to do that, mm. um, share their knowledge through mentoring. So, so it really is about, yeah, how do you centralize that activity? Uh, and now we've sort of moved on to SpaceCube being the community. And then that community, if you join as a Connect member or a community member, you can then access all our different spaces, programs, mm. events. But um, yeah, the, this market, like I said, is just going to, they're expecting, there's about 2 million co-workers globally now. There's expected to be 5 million in the next sort of three or four years. Yeah. Um, the number of spaces will double globally. So this is how not just startups are going to yeah. work, but everyone's going to work in these sort of spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I read a report from Y Research, uh, and it was on Startup News, is that there were more jobs created in tech in the last five years in the city than any other industry. Mm -hmm. I think uh, 903 new jobs or something mm -hmm. in the city. And a lot of them would be 
at Flux and Space Cube, I presume. Yeah, in our spaces or people, the companies that have grown and moved into their own spaces. So we're starting right. to see more and more of that happening. Um, but it would be interesting to sort of correlate that against um, what's the global increase in, in software jobs, um, because maybe right. we should have more than just 800. Maybe it should be, you know, 5,000. Right, because <laughs> um, I think at the same time, there were 8,000 oil and gas and mining jobs gone. Right. So, wow. yeah, it hasn't really... Balanced it. Balanced yeah. it. And yeah. there's still a lot of presumably empty space in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Matt, I'm sure you get this asked all the time, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. I, I know at Ewer Capital you're not looking for new investments, but, but you also take angel investments on your own. What do you look for? Um, and I heard you speak about this recently at eGroup, which mm. was very good, and it actually got written up on Startup News as well recently. What do you look for when you're looking at an investment? Uh, yeah, so I, I like to kind of – it's not – highly scientific, but I like to summarize as kind of 60% on the team. So a really good team will always out-execute um, a really bad so team. The people. So it doesn't, yeah, yeah, independent of the idea, the people is an enormous part of it. And and, and a word I've, I've become very um, attached to for people is coachability. Uh -huh. So if I feel like an investment, uh, like an investee company uh, entrepreneur is somebody who can listen and uh, respectfully decide to follow that advice or not. It's also mm. but in mind if they don't necessarily always follow the advice as long as they communicate that back to me. If you feel like, um, if I feel like I can share my experiences in a respectful way and be treated appropriately, then I want to work with those people. So right? you make so a make connection me... with them. You go, I can work with these guys. Yeah, that's super important. And they're going to listen. Yeah, I'm way, I'm way <laughs> too old to pick people that are going to be difficult to get along with, right? So not the idea? Not the no, but that's the, not so that's about. Oh, I've only got no. to sixty percent. So. <laughs> but that's sixty percent. Yeah, yeah no. so sixty percent of my decision is that space. So yeah, that's yeah. It. Right. And and one of the reasons why that is such an important measure is that same measure applies when they're sitting in front of customers. So when the customers start giving them hints that if you just build this particular feature, I'll give you more money, then they need to pick up on those things and, and pivot with that. So the ability of the team to listen to customers and, and identify where the business opportunities are is crucial. And so that, that all gets bundled into that team aspect, the, right. the depth of understanding of the problem they're solving, how passionate they are about solving it, all that stuff. Now, the, the second, uh, 20% so we're at 60, we're now going up to 80%. The next 20% is the market. How big a market right. are you addressing, right? right? So I don't mind if you start off like addressing a particular niche market and uh, the more niche, the better in many ways. Say in more focused. Yep. Yep. So yeah. my, my famous example I always quote is left-handed squash players in Fremantle. If you can <laughs> if you can get like 70% market share there, I'm all over your business because there's a lot more left-handers out there. There are people who play squash off and play tennis and Fremantle is a tiny little market. But getting a big market share of a small niche right. is way more valuable than getting 0.2% of all the women in the world. Right. Because people right. give you this pitch about how I'm going to capture this tiny, it's a bit too sliver of this that. massive market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, well, no, do it from the bottom up. Tell me how you're going to build the it. China from, from number here. syndrome, they call yeah. it, right? Give me a big market and I'm only going to get 2% of it. Correct. And then I'll be a yeah. billionaire. And, right. and the thing is, like, <laughs> Perth, Perth is naturally a small market to start in, but it's a yes. great test market for yes. this kind of thing. Isolated market. Yeah. yeah. And if you think yeah. about, like, the rock and roll industry in the 80s and 90s out of Perth, we produced some amazing bands because mm. they had to really slog it. You know, through right. the um, through the local scene, and the same thing happens with startups here. If they can make it in Perth, there's a really good chance they'll be anywhere. Make it. Yeah, that's the plan, right? <laughs> anyway, we just need them to stay in Perth. Now. So I've got to eighty percent ah, talking about market, talk about that. and the, then the last twenty percent, surprisingly, is the product. So, right. and that but, tends but to be last. I mean, you, you yeah, think about that last. I do, and often right. often entrepreneurs will meet, meet with me, and I don't mind them pitching the idea in the product. But once they start trying to give me a demo, I'm just like, no, stop. Let right. me let me hear about your background. Let me hear about your history. Now, tell me about the market you're addressing. How are you going to make money? You know, I, I need right. a lot more focus 
on that. And when I start getting that, I start feeling more comfortable with the with the right. team and their understanding. Of Whereas what they, they need tend to, to and I get this a lot too with accelerating commercialization. They'll feature bash the latest product. Uh, and all the features they've got. Yes. And after about 20 minutes, I go, I think I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Simon Cowell-like. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, what market you're addressing? They, all, the problem they, they always talk about the what and the how, and they don't really address the why, right? Yeah. This is that famous Simon Sinek video about, you know, yeah. uh, solve the why. Yeah. And if they're doing that and saying why customers are going to love this, why this is a pain point that I'm solving uniquely, and, and any barriers that they can build around their product to protect them from competition just swooping right. in. That makes me excited. So the last twenty percent is really around product, but unfortunately, most meetings eighty percent of the time is spent on on product. So I right. try to direct them towards that that more reasonable. And what split. sort of ratio? I think you said at your capital, you looked at four hundred and thirty five deals. Yes. Invest in ten, so it's one in forty. Is it similar with your angel investor? You get like forty yeah. pitches, and one of them you might go for. Yeah, or? I do. Like so, for for me, like a, an, an excellent opportunity for deal flow is a typical accelerator program in Perth. So an accelerator program in Perth might have sixty to seventy applicants. Might um, shortlist that down to between ten and twenty. Get pitches from. 12 to 15, and then admit five or six of those teams. Right. Those five or six teams would go through, a, you know, anything from a six-week to a six-month like accelerator plus eight program. that's happening with Space Cube and Flux at the moment. Great example. Yeah. Um, six on that? The top, the, seven. seven. The right. top one or two teams that come out of that are the ones that are most interesting for me. Mm. Okay, so you've already gone from mm. 60 or 70 applicants mm. down to one or two. So you've already got that ratio that that is interesting for me. Mm. And I, I do think that... Um, it is roughly 40 to 1. Um, yeah, I'm finding that as well. Yep. I see about 40 companies a month, probably 10 a week, mm -hmm. and maybe one I might put through the AC program. Yep. You know, and it's probably a similar ratio. Yep. Yeah. And I hope I can help them all. Yeah. But only one is just in that right sweet spot for the. Correct. But it's, a, it's an individual fit. So that same, you shouldn't be disheartened by that because that, your same idea or as an entrepreneur, that, that same pitch may well work with another right. investor mm -hmm. who feels more aligned with the problem or has money to spare at that pitching. Or has a different Absolutely. context that's that's relevant to mentorship for it. It's you only need you only need one of those those investor meetings to work, and you you're funded potentially, right? Exactly. So just keep trying. So going leveraging off that, what which startups in Perth do you guys find interesting at the moment? Are there any that oh, obviously you've invested in in some and, and continue to? Uh, but aside from that, what other ones do you do you kind of see that are up and coming or through to you? Brody? Yeah, so three plus eight, we've invested in seven companies. This. This time around, last year it was six companies. Um, you know, Space Deco all over the country at the moment, yeah. looking at um, growing their platform. Yeah, I love Space Deco. Yeah, we, yeah, we're seeing some really great businesses, and I think also really good founders. So um, mm. through that program, we're seeing a lot. Um, VGW, so they started in Space Cubed, and they've grown to um, 300 staff now. Um, wow, they're, they're about to have an offsite with 300 staff, not 300 in Perth, but globally. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they have like two floors at Flux, is that right? They, like, they do, but they're now just fit, they in that building they did, and yes. now they're fitting out their own space. Wow. So, wow. so that's massive growth as well. I remember man. when that was Kevin Brown and three people. <laughs> Correct. Like three years ago. That's yeah. incredible. That's yeah. just taken off. It, it just taken off. And I guess the good thing is that they're, they've got a big part of their team here. So yeah. they're continuing to hire more and more people. Um, then in the, the companies we have coming through the spaces, we're just seeing more and more growth. So there's lots of exciting companies around. I think it's, yeah. And also now more and more investors. So through Plus 8, there's um, eight different, you know, there's Telstra, Seven West, Hawaiian, Vulcalic Group, um, some of the directors from Prime West, and a number of different people are actually looking hard at investing in startups. And, and are more people, I mean, uh, this is a bit strange question maybe, but, but are more people aware that there's a, that's an opportunity they should be investing in? Do you literally get people walking in to Flux and go, 
we're the startups I'd like to invest, please? <laughs> or not, not quite not yet? Not quite yet, I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of that from larger corporates. Because you're so visible, you're right on yeah, the terrace, yeah. right? Which I know is deliberate. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of that more from larger corporates who are right. interested in you know, AI, all the sort of uh, buzzwordy buzz thing, <laughs> AI, <laughs> machine learning, blockchain. And there is a lot of, you know, there's Blockbox doing a number of events around blockchain. There's, yes. there's, there's the machine... Um, machine learning group there's a number yeah. of things that are facilitating that FinTech as well fintech startup meetups Correct. and stuff yeah. yeah and and we're seeing you know we'll see over the next yeah couple of years i think more and more people investing through those programs mm. to start educating themselves and humtech came out of mm-hmm. uh Plus last year yes. and they've just moved to silicon valley and got an investment so that's great we wish them well and mm-hmm. any others on that you're sort of proud of and not just the ones you've invested in matt but ones <laughs> yeah. on your on your radar, radar that you're quite impressed with that are bubbling along uh yeah look i like credit in Fremantle. Credit, they're, they're yep. doing a pretty interesting little uh bank of mum and dad play which i i really like the sound of that that business, um, all the participants in Plus Eight actually, it's a very good filter and an amazing program. So they're different this year, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. very diverse. Why are they doing nails? Like that blew me away. <laughs> yeah, and he's literally got um, what's his name? The guy doing nails. He's sure. got he's got nails, beautiful nails uh-huh. on his on his hands. On his fingers, there's demos. His fingers, his yeah. demos, and, and yeah, someone doing magnetic art on the wall, and I mean, just yeah. very different. Very different. Yeah, and and. <laughs> I love that diversity. That's one of the things that I've often argued for in, in whole kind of um, play to your strengths arguments around the startup scene in Perth. Everyone's like, oh, we should be in mining tech, we should be in oil and gas tech. And I'm like, no, just let the entrepreneurs decide, right? And, and the entrepreneurs are deciding on all kinds of really interesting stuff. So that and just the makes customers me, decide, I suppose, ultimately. Well, ultimately, yeah, yeah. They've got to go convince those customers. So, yeah, mm. it's look, I, I, I'm excited by the space. I'm an investor in five or six different uh, local startups and um, I'm still kicking myself for missing Canva when that was an opportunity back uh, then. Yes. But, but you know, there, there's some great success stories coming out of Perth, and the and the advanced developed uh, companies that are getting hundred million dollar plus valuations out of Perth right. are really exciting. So, so Health Engine and Health Engine, Agworld, Agworld recently did a, a round closer to hundred million dollars, and um, you know, Isotana's most recent round was forty four million dollars. Right. Sector, I don't, I'm not sure about, but um, you know, there's some great companies that if you'd invested early in those, you'd be smiling ear to ear. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, going back to something we mentioned just at the start with our cryptocurrency and blockchain, it is very buzzwordy, but still worth mentioning because there's so much going on in that space. So are you interested? Are you, are you bored? Are you fascinated? Do you think there's, are you skeptical? What's the, what's the general feeling from you guys? Oh, look, there's nothing boring about it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a tiny holder in, um, in Bitcoin, and that's a roller coaster ride. So it's very, very thrilling and exciting. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. But look, uh, I love um, I love the potential of the blockchain. The the idea of this immutable ledger, the the constant record, the the peer to peer capabilities around it. But it's a very wild west kind of space mm. at the moment. So it, I'm also very nervous about how it might damage the community in a similar way to like early IPOs for tech companies damages right. the, uh, the reputation of the more solid lot, uh, IP yeah. companies, yeah. Uh, sorry, IT companies. So, um, but putting that aside, when you've got a specific use case, which PowerLedger have absolutely nailed with their electricity trading um, solution, I think it's a really interesting space. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. Just, I'm so proud of what those guys have done at PowerLedger in, in raising the ICO and then going out and striking deal after deal to implement that technology in the way that they promised they would implement it, right? Which 90% of ICOs in the last two years just haven't done at all. So they're giving, they're giving, giving it a good name. Some people are doing it Correct, the right yeah, that, that yeah. it's possible to do it properly and that's, and that's really exciting. But I think that the, like, 
the guys who are promoting it, uh, a bit like the brokers who are promoting an IPO, they come in and just say, oh, we can blockchain whatever you've got, right? right. And, and that's just not right. You've, no. got to, yeah. you've got to think of a proper use case where it actually has value and then, and then I think it's a really fascinating space. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's really interesting and we're seeing more and more events based around people just wanting to learn what, yeah. what is that opportunity and, mm. and understand that better. Um, so at Riff at 45 St George's Terrace, we've got um, uh, Bamboo, who uh, oh, yeah, they're, Nesh. They're, Nesh, yeah. yeah, so they're they're currently. I think they launch in the next few months, which is awesome. Uh, we've got Blockbox, which is really a community focused on how to support people around learning, um, connections, all that sort of Trent thing. Trent Wheeler, um, um, Trent Wheeler yeah. as well with yeah. um, Unity Mesh. Unity so, Mesh. so there's already a solid community of people that's and developing. Every time you have blockchain or ICO or crypto in the in the heading of an, uh, event. Of a, an event, it's <laughs> packed out. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred people every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. every yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, last week at the Perth Town Hall, uh, you, you, you were there, ATO, ASIC and Austrack came along and it was of 350 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they were like laying down the regulations because this is the government, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we sort of got to have to go into a rapid fire round to sort of finish off. Um, and I've, I've already answered, asked this question of Matt, so I'm going to ask it of you, Brody. The single most important factor that makes a successful startup? So definitely team. And do you agree? I, I do agree, but right. also it fits into those things, the market opportunity. There's st- we're seeing it less and less with people building an app yep. for a market that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. um, which is great, and hopefully that continues. All right, next question. Do you believe in outsourcing or insourcing? Brody? Uh, insourcing. Matt? I don't mind outsourcing for MVP, but otherwise you've got to insource if you're going to raise serious money. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Uh, self-fund until it's got something that it can grow. Yeah, self-fund as much as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't need to take money, don't. Don't, definitely right. don't. Right? Yeah, get your clients to pay for it. <laughs> That's interesting. Right. And I'm an investor, right? Yeah. I'll say that to every entrepreneur. If you can take customer money, it's the best kind of money. Just take it if you can. All right, next one is PC or Mac, but you're both wearing Apple watches. From what I can see. Uh, that's, uh, it's just for the watch. I, I'm, a, I'm a PC guy now. I was a Mac guy for many years, but I've gone oh, back I've gone back to uh, What Windows. was it, the Surface Pro that got you, got you back? Windows 10. It's called really? Windows 10. Cool. got you back. Yeah. You Surface go. Pro got me back. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think we should uh, finish off with a kind of meta question. What podcast do you listen to other than this one? Of course. Yeah. Um, so Monocle, to find out what's happening sort of globally is oh, a yeah. good one. Um, also the Lowy Institutes are really interesting. They have a really good podcast, and especially at the moment because international affairs is a bit all over the place. <laughs> oh, my favourite by far is How I Built This, which, yes. is, which is a guy Raz. Guy Raz, wonderful, lovely guy, and he gets incredible guests on and he talks about how they started companies and it's like only 26, 30 minutes to listen to and amazing stories every time great thanks guys and and thanks everyone for listening to this first episode of startup west um and do jump on and give us a nice review because that always helps other people find us and do subscribe so you'll get our next podcast in your feed absolutely so uh this podcast we've got to do the uh do our sponsorship yes of course this podcast is brought to you by the fine people at alika ecu the link think lab co-working and bdo so thanks to those guys for making this possible and thanks to you guys thanks, Matt and brody, brody yeah, thanks for guys. coming along really, really pleasure appreciate your time. see you in 18 really months good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's a date cool